You are listening to the Cuss Running Podcast, where we believe that running should be whimsical and that everyone belongs. Run as you are. Hello, and welcome to the Cuss Running Podcast. I am really excited about today's guest, Jared Schofer. I have followed his adventures since he started running every street in DC, and then he did a cross-country journey run. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So Jared... How did you get started with running? What's like your running journey? Oh, gosh. Yeah, this might sound cliche, but it was uh, after a breakup. <laughs> oh, wow. You know what? I don't think I've heard that one. Oh, um, I feel like after a breakup, that's when people start trying new things. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, I was like one of these people that would make fun of running. I don't know why. <laughs> it seems so dumb now. But, uh, you know, um, but then I, I was in a long relationship and it didn't work out. And I just kind of was like seeking, I guess, something that, you know, would sort of differentiate myself from who I was in the past. And so, yeah, I just was like, well, maybe I'll try running because I, you know, joked about it and not wanting to do it. And um, so I tried to go out for one run and it could only go about a mile. And then I realized I had gone too far and I had to walk <laughs> back. Um and this just kind of started like that. And I guess it became like a way to uh, grieve, you know, I think uh, to go through the pain of the breakup and to just keep challenging myself and, you know, realize that I like a way to measure that I'd come far, you know, from like, yeah, the person I was the day that uh, that relationship ended and I was just really upset about it. Yeah. It's amazing the symbolism that running like that can take on because it's like you were physically running away from the person that yeah. you were. And as you walk more miles, like you're just getting further and further away. Um, yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so did you start out training for races or did you start out just like, let me just see what I can get out my front door and do? I mean, initially it was front door. It was like, I was like wearing basketball shoes. It just oh, made no sense. It. Yes. Yeah. And I, I can still remember like, cause this is just funny given how far I've come, which I'm sure we'll get to, but I went into a running store that was nearby. And I, I remember going up to the person working there and saying, I'm training for a 5k. It was just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I mean, of course that's fine. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. But it was like, that was what my first statement. And that's when I got a pair of running shoes. And then, yeah, I think the journey, I just was like, you know, I think we all kind of see that like it'd be a you, you know, lack of motivation if you don't sign up for a race. And so, <laughs> so I, yeah, I went 5K, 8K, 10K, half marathon, and, you know, just kind of it snowballed like that. How did you get into like running further distances? Like, have you run ultras? Because I'm going to jump ahead. You've done a cross country journey run. What was your longest distance before you started on that? Oh, well, yeah, it's definitely jumping ahead. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was the Vol State, which I think you've done oh, as well, right? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I don't think I realized that you had done that. What year did you run it? Uh, 2020. Okay. Oh, wow. What a good year to choose <laughs> well, to run Vol State. We weren't sure if it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, uh, you know, in that time, I mean, it was like, if you wanted to like get a 10 day break from COVID, you could just go down there and then, cause it would feel like it wasn't happening. Yeah. There was no pandemic happening in Tennessee. Yeah. For sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I guess it was just sort of like, I kept upping the distance. And so this was 2010 when I first started running okay. and then 2011, I did my first marathon and it's kind of just the same thing that motivates me with just about anything. After I crossed the finish line, I 
I thought to myself, like, what else can I accomplish? And then, I mean, this is going to sound funny, but I heard, I just, I just didn't know. I'm so, I was so naive. I heard that people actually run 50 mile races <laughs> and I was like, what? Like 50 miles in one day, like that's crazy. And so, and then I just sort of like, yeah, was like, I wonder if I could do that. And I've always sort of said, well, there's really only one way to find out. So I signed up for a 50 miler, uh, I guess after doing a few marathons and it just kind of went from there. Then from 50 to like, well, now I have to do a hundred. <laughs> and so then I did a hundred and then uh, I did a hundred again. And then I just kind of got the bug for journey running like Vol State. Yeah. You know, so I did. Um, so in 2019, I was signed up for, Vol well, I was on the wait list for Vol State mm -hmm. and you probably, what, what year did you do it? 2014. Oh, that is old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that's yeah. like when it was more it was primitive. Yeah, it was before it took off. It, I mean, I think it took off really like two years after I did it is when it really like started to sell out because there was like no wait list when I did it. If you registered, you got in. Yeah. And I think that's when it was probably cooler because um, it was more <laughs> like, uh, I mean, you were probably less dependent on your phone. Um, yeah. No, I had a yeah. little book that would like yeah. take your place to place. John Price's book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I know him quite well because he's a transcon guy. But um, so anyways, I was on the wait list in 2019 and everyone said what they always say, which is just train like you're in because yeah. you'll get off the wait list. Uh, Glass would talk about the month of fear in June. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone jumps. Shit. Yeah, everybody drops out. And that was the first year where this didn't happen. And I never got off Man. the wait list. Oh, wow. And it was just like, oh, God. So then uh, <laughs> I asked my girlfriend at the time now my wife if um if I could sort of just do one anyways like do a journey run anyways and yeah. so um so I took a bus to Pittsburgh and then returned to DC on foot oh wow <laughs> yeah and it was like it wasn't like doing laps of Ball State because yeah. um there was no, no camaraderie <laughs> yeah yeah there was no camaraderie I mean there were still road angels and mm -hmm. things like that but I, I had planned it out more. I was a little afraid of just sleeping on church porches at that time. So I, I went motel to motel basically. And um, that's how I learned like what it was like and how to like sort of do it. And it, believe me, it was like the best training I could have ever done for Vol State, which I then did in 2020. What was the distance from Pittsburgh to DC? Um, yeah, it was about 260 miles. I want to say something like okay. that. Yeah. How long did it take you? Seven days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was grueling. I mean, I, I, I walked into DC like a corpse, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, my feet were so blistered. I had no idea about how to take care of your feet. I think it was before I had bought that fixing your feet book or whatever. Mm, yeah. And so it was a real trial by fire, you know, and, and like, so originally my plan was to walk slash run you know to where i lived but as soon as i got to the dc welcome to dc sign i just called a cab like, <laughs> you're like i made you know, it official. i made it yeah <laughs> I, didn't, I don't need to go four more miles you know um so that's what i did and then i immediately signed up for vol state for 2020 and did that and um how long did vol state take you oh uh eight days and change yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how much did your jacket cost uh i want to say really like around specific Oh, yeah. I don't know. 80 to 180 yes. around that. Yeah. It's so funny. I would literally, I did the dumbest little review of my Ball State jacket just because it made me laugh. And I quoted the price because it was 60 when I bought it. But I was like, no, inflation, it's definitely gone up. So interesting. I was just curious because you would have that information. It's jump. 
I love that jacket. Yeah. It's such a great <laughs> running jacket. Like it actually is a great running jacket. Oh, I just wear it every day. <laughs> every now and then when someone just like reads it, actually reads it and they comment on it. It's like, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, I'm from East Tennessee and I got started running there and even got started in trail and ultra running. So I knew of labs very early, like in my running career. Oh, what city are you from? Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, I went through there on the Transcon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like I would show up at races and there would be like these old grizzled ultra runners with a ball state jacket. And I remember being so intimidated because I knew what that jacket like represented. So now I definitely wear it to races here. Like I have a 10 K next week and I'm totally going to wear my ball state jacket just for like the level of intimidation. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is quite the humble brag. If anyone notices it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is it about like the journey? Cause journey runs aren't for everyone. And there aren't even like, really popular among the ultra running community they exist is like this even like smaller community of ultra running but what is it about the journey run that you're attracted to um i guess i think it's just so old school like you know it's the whole it's the vacation without a car that joke mm -hmm. it's like just the fact that you can use your feet to get from one epic place to another you know not that pittsburgh and dc are epic <laughs> but like you know um <laughs> But it just, it's just that thinking that, like, you're going to abandon, you know, all dependence on, you know, modern, I don't know, travel, I guess, let's say, and, and you know, just kick it old school. Um, and, you know, just kind of like, I, I guess it just forces you to really appreciate, you know, the really little things, right? Like a comfortable place to sleep and, <laughs> you know, having food and, you know, a shower and things yeah. like that. So. For me, that's kind of like a lot of the motivation of running in general is just like knowing that my feet took me, you know, from A to B. Yeah. Um, how did you get started with running every street in D.C.? Because that was like during the pandemic, right? Yeah, well, it started before. So I think basically, um, you know, I, uh, I think like a lot of people, I kind of just saw it on Instagram and saw what Ricky Gates had done and. And then people were kind of just like claiming cities one by one, sort of like, you know, almost like it was like a, something someone has to do. Like, I'll do Minneapolis and yeah. I'll do Chicago you know, or whatever. And um, and I was like, oh, I don't think anyone's done D.C. And, you know, I claim to know this city quite well. But I was like, what a better way to one, to see the city, but two, you know, I was going to be training for the Vol State. So I, yeah. it's all roads, as we know. So I figured, you know, I should just do as many road as much road running as I possibly can yeah so so then when no one had done it I just sort of like threw it on Instagram and said I'm gonna run every single street and alley in Washington DC and Ricky Gates was like oh I'm so pumped about this and um you know it took off from there and uh that's just kind of how it went so I started like maybe August of 2019 and finished uh June of 2020 oh man how like you had to drive to a lot of like your running routes. How did you build that into like your normal life schedule? Uh, I actually, I built it in quite well because um, I mean, initially I thought I was going to be some animal who was going to run to every site and oh, I don't <laughs> care about massive overlap, you know, mm -hmm. like doing the same street over and over, but no, quickly it just became, you know, so monumental that I didn't want to do that. So yeah, that's a good question. I would, on Sundays, I would go super long. So I would drive to a neighborhood that's like way like basically east of the Anacostia River if mm -hmm. people are familiar with DC and and um just park my car 
and run around for like five, six hours doing one neighborhood and almost like 25 to 30 miles most Sundays. And then uh, after work uh, during the week, I would just go to like neighborhoods near where I work, which is more in the Northwest part, upper Northwest and park my car and then run around that neighborhood with my map in hand and Sometimes I actually had to move the car because I was there for more than two hours, and it was like two hour parking. And so, um, but that's kind of how it took structure was uh, basically weeknights, upper Northwest near where I work. And then, uh, yeah, weekends way far away from my home. And so mo a lot of driving yeah, or sometimes taking public transportation too. Yeah. What was like the coolest thing you found out about your city over that experience? Because it's already a cool city. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool, cool uh, murals. That was one thing I really noticed, like a lot of like sort of ones you would never know about. But I think it was just like discovering all these different neighborhoods, maybe that had various reputations, you know, linked to them. And then just sort of like going there and, and sort of seeing, you know, what I actually think of the neighborhood. Like, what's my impression of it? Because I'm obviously going to spend a lot of time there, like three, four hours straight is a good a good amount of time to just sort of get a sense for the neighborhood and yeah just to kind of like get you know i don't know maybe dispel some rumors or i don't know verify others <laughs> um, to see you know what the yeah what the neighborhoods are like so i think it was mostly that just discovering all these different neighborhoods so august 2019 to june 2020 which took you right into ball state at that point right yeah, it basically, I was hoping to finish before, like a few weeks before Vol State and then just kind of take some time off because, yeah, I'm not like a guy who, I don't know, I don't like believe in that, like run the day before your big race kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give yourself a little break. And then you did Vol State screwed, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the way to go. <laughs> I don't like to burden people with my <laughs> racing stuff. I mean, honestly, like the first 100 miler I did, I went solo. I just drove down to it and. I'm not going to name names, but it turned out it was like the aid stations just were not well stocked for some yeah. reason. And it was just really poorly stocked. And I got to one aid station and all they had were like Oreo cookies and crackers. And I was super oh, hungry. Yeah. And people who were, you know, there with friends were like chowing on pizza and McDonald's. And I was like, oh, nobody's <laughs> here with me. Like nobody can help me, you know. And so I don't like to burden people with my running adventures if I can prevent it. So, um, yeah, so I definitely did Vol State screwed. And I think that's really the purest way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you find yourself sharing miles with a lot of the other runners out there? Oh, for Vol State, yeah, for sure. I mean, I met up with this uh, this lady, uh, Lynn, who lives in Tennessee as well, or she used to anyways. And um, we did like, I think probably four or five days together. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really fun. You guys I really mean, hung out. <laughs> Yeah, we, we took the hotel rooms the same time, um, and we only split off in, like, the last uh, 40 miles or so. She told yeah. me to go on without her. I finished, like, maybe half a day ahead of her. Yeah. yeah. that's a, What was your finish time for Vol State? Yeah, it was, like, eight days, seven hours, and change. Nice, nice. So, like, just around 40 to 50 miles a day, then. That's impressive. Well, I don't know. How'd you do? <laughs> um, seven days and 14 hours. And I oh. think 25 minutes. And I only know that because I had that jacket on yesterday. And that's the only reason I really know it. So you'll appreciate this story because it's something that like lives and burns into my memory is I can remember I got a hotel in Hohenwall, right? 
Oh, and, yeah, that's a nice town. Yeah, yeah, it's like a decent hotel. With the right? elephant statue. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, I had just laid down, like, finally got all my gross clothes off and, like, in some sort of cleanness and just laid down. And then I hear lies. And he just happened to be at the hotel, like, because he had been checking on runners that day. And he's just cackling about somebody dropping and taking the meat wagon, like, just laughing about it, being, like, his terrible self that he can be, right? Yeah. And it just, like, haunted me, like, that whole night's sleep. And then Laz and I have emailed back and forth. I've volunteered at Barkley Fall Classic. I've been around that community. And he remembers me because I was the youngest one running. I was 29 when I ran. So the year I was super young for a Vol State. Wow. Was, yeah. yeah. And I'm heavily tattooed. And so this has spoke to him in a way that he remembers me. And so when he was going to do his transcon, I was like, oh, well, I'll help you in the Chicago area. Right. Oh. And for his transcon, he had his little like cult following of people that were really babying him during his transcon. So when I came to like pick up his stuff and like get the lay down from the crew, they're like, okay, well, he gets his milkshake at four and he gets his like Burger King croissant at 9 a.m. And I was like, no, he effing doesn't. Like, <laughs> I'm not following some schedule for him. I'm not babying him. And so I got to cackle and laugh as he suffered along the side of the road as like my redemption arc. And obviously I helped him. He's a lovely man, but it was just like a beautiful full circle moment. Yeah, that's funny because he actually gave me like an hour of his time to give me advice on my transcon, which was oh, really cool. Oh, good, yeah. good. Just and that was before I met him. Um, I just, I think I just emailed him and said I was signed up for Vol State and, you know, I'm planning to do the transcon. Could you give me some advice? Yeah. Yeah. But, but that is funny what you're saying that like he who cackles at everybody's, you know, I don't know, misfortunes or whatever yeah. that he sort of created. Um then he was being coddled like come on coddled. oh my gosh just so coddled they had like a little cooler they were toting around for him and like i he is adored obviously for multiple reasons and i get it but i was like uh no way you're an ultra runner like suck it up we're gonna be miserable out here for a little while it was pretty fun it was pretty fun and it was nice to be able to support him obviously he does so much okay but back to your vol state what was your favorite experience what's your favorite vol state memory wow Good I know there's so many. I know. Well, yeah, there are, and then it's like, what do I remember? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, I think it would be sharing all those miles with my friend Lynn. Mm -hmm. You know, just becoming. It's weird how like just five days together with a total stranger can bond you for life, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, awesome. yeah, I think that would probably be it. I mean. Uh, nothing too crazy happened i mean it was you know yeah it was all the things vol state is it was insanely hot you know it was just baking i mean uh, yeah the sleep deprivation was off the charts um but i think like my year compared to yours it's like you know it sort of hit a point at some point be between when you and i did it that it just became like so road angel heavy that mm -hmm. i mean Liza's is almost annoyed by it that's what caused him to create hot yeah days. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I mean, it is so beloved in that area that, I mean, there was a decent amount of road angels when I was out and they'd have, I'd love it. You come up, there'd be like an aid station in the front yard, you know, and they'd have stuff that like, it's so lovely, but I, he's like, it's not the experience he probably envisioned when he first created the race of like getting people from point A to point B, but the road angels are what makes it so lovely. So. 
Yeah, well, like, what would be your answer to the most amazing, like, memorable thing from your book? <laughs> so the locals knew about the race and they would like track it, right? And like kind of track the runners um, through whatever website it is that they track them on. And they kind of got the lay of who runners were. So they know you by like where you were on the road and they would pull up and be like, oh, you're so-and-so. So it was like a really hot, like middle of the day portion. And I was all alone. I think I was like three or four days in. And this man and his like young daughter, she's probably like eight or nine, get out of the car. And they're like, oh, you're Allie. Like here's some Gatorade and a Snickers. And like this little girl was so excited to meet me. I don't know oh. why, but I just remember like, what, what is, ha- it's the middle of the day. I've been running forever. And this, per- these people know my name on the side of the road and are like so excited for me. And that was one of the most things like sticks out. And I always say, I don't remember who I was. I think I was talking with Paul Heckert. I had on the show and I met him at Vault State several years ago. And it's just the best of humanity that you see out on those roads and like the whole rest of the bad shit just totally falls away as you're just you know putting one foot in front of the other and I think that sticks out to me more than anything one memory about the race you know it's just like man people were really nice people are really nice yeah and that is what you remember because there was there's a lot of bad and it's not just the suffering it's like I mean I think the extreme thing is the potential to get hit by a car oh yeah was that were you there the year that that happened no, I mean that was the hot race. That was where hot. That did happen. Yeah, that's right. And that was hot. And I and it was the same year that mm-hmm. I did it, but it was like a month prior. And so we actually all wore like photos of yeah. that was, uh, Kim McCoy mm-hmm. of her on our backpacks. And um yeah, I mean, you know, that was obviously in, on everyone's mind and it certainly was on my mind on the transcon too. It's just like uh it's certainly a it's a possibility, obviously, and now yeah. it is a reality because it has happened um yeah yeah but you don't you don't tend to remember that stuff Mm-mm. yeah yeah you don't remember that kind of like fear that was kind of in the back of your head you, did you, you just remember the positive things like you said yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so when you went into Vol state did you already have the idea of a transcon like in your head uh let's see for sure i did yeah, yeah. because um i have to think about it. it's so weird with the pandemic but i know what <laughs> So I'm a high school teacher and I applied for a sabbatical and this was my main goal for the sabbatical was to do the transcon. Mm -hmm. And so I was given it like just before the pandemic. And so originally I was, my plan was to do it fall of 2020. So yeah, it was certainly like way on my mind, you know, and then because of the way the pandemic was going, I rescheduled it to to do the spring semester of 2021. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was certainly it was a very much a reality when I was doing ball state for sure. Like it was happening, you know, I was, and I was, that's where I met like John price and a mm-hmm. few others who had done them because that's, they run in the same circle. You know, there's yeah. the people who do ball state year after year or have done it many times, let's say. And um, so, yeah, it was certainly on the top of my mind and it was like very much a reality. So why do a transcon over like doing the Appalachian trail or doing, you know, the Pacific or whatever why a transcon over those i don't think i'm 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 the wilderness guy i don't know, you <laughs> know like, i think uh it's not like i i mean i do prefer roads over trails but um i think it, it's very similar to what laz says which is just like you look at a map of the u.s you see one 
ocean on one side, you see an ocean on the other side, and you think, how amazing would it be to go from one side to the other by on foot? Yeah. Whereas the Appalachian Trail, it's it's so done, you know? Like, it's actually funny, because when I was... Yeah, I mean, when I was in Virginia, I will skip ahead, but we can always go back. But when I got to Virginia, I was getting confused for a thru-hiker. Oh, yeah. And so people, I did meet some thru-hikers, and they were like, how long have you been on the AT? And I'm like, no, I'm walking across America. And they're like, and this one guy was like, that's a thing. And I'm like, <laughs> it is. Yeah. And I've been doing it for two and a half months now. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think, and then it was just also like, you know, I feel like it's the ultimate ultra marathon or the ultimate journey run that mm-hmm. you could possibly do. Yeah. Yeah. So you started in California, right? Where did you start at? Yeah. Santa Monica. Santa Monica. So why go west to east instead of east to west? Uh, because I think that there's something more romantic about about coming home. Mm-hmm. You know, like every step gets you closer to home for me because I live in D.C. And um, well, on top of that, yeah, I just felt like at the end, I wouldn't want to fly back to D.C. I'd rather sort of figure it out. And my brother lives in uh, well near Virginia Beach, so it would make for a great place to finish, you yeah. know, where my family could meet me at the finish line so that was kind of the thinking and also seasonally it made sense like you have to think about the seasons when you're for when you're starting you know like Mm -hmm. what the desert will be like and what the weather will be like in certain parts of the U.S. When you I know that you put a lot of planning into your transcon I can't even imagine how much planning goes into something like that did you have like I'm trying to hit x amount of mileage a day like how did you kind of plan out how you would get from one ocean to another um, yeah, so I broke it down, like, you know, how do we get through a hundred miler, right? We go aid station to aid station. So I kind of broke it down, like from just like, what do I want to do in California? And then what do I want to do? And, you know, in Arizona, and generally, like, okay, you kind of have three options, you go north of the Rockies over them or south of them. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go south of them. And so then it just became like, okay, I can kind of see the states I want to hit. And then I didn't want to like be three months away from my wife. So we kind of picked some cities we could meet in, Mm. you know, along the way. So then they became like my real destinations. Like, okay, destination number one was to get to Phoenix. Mm. And then I would meet her there and we'd spend a few, like a weekend there together. But in terms of the miles per day, um, I thought I was capable of doing about what I did, which was like 35 miles a day. Um, so I don't know. I felt like I could do that, but uh, I was leaving room for, you know, possibly doing less per day. Yeah. 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 What is something that you learned kind of early on or maybe just even over the course of it that you didn't expect, like you didn't prepare for this? Early on. I mean, it was like <laughs> day, it was like day two where I was just like, oh my God, this is so much harder than I thought it would be. Like, it's it like, yeah, it was just, wow I mean it was so much more stressful than I ever thought it would be Um, the you know the mental like logistical uh, fortitude it took to do it was was just hitting you in the face every day like right away and you know there was only like one person from Ball State who'd really told me that and that was Jan do you know her the meat wagon driver oh yeah 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 I do know Jan Jan Walker yeah because she had done one and 
she was like, you're not going to have fun. I hope you know that. Like, you know, <laughs> you're not going to enjoy it. And it's going to be a constant challenge, problem solving after problem solving. So many things are going to go wrong. And um, so, I mean, it was just like maybe the first night I was like too scared to camp out, like just randomly camp out. I just didn't know where to do it because you're going through L.A. and it was just city, 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 like living yeah. like so. So I took a hotel. It was a terrible hotel. Absolutely awful. I probably spent like three hours. Like I would, I would give it a rating of like five cockroaches. You know. Um, oh gosh. It was awful. Yeah, the I think it was the uh, the Prince Inn. I think. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, look it up. It's somewhere like east of L.A. But um, so um, and then just the second day, I was like, you know, I can't keep doing hotels. I, I that's not going to be feasible. I have to force myself to sleep out. And, and then just like a for some reason, like an unseasonably cool weather pattern went through California and I was, I was freezing. I woke up freezing that night. I slept behind an abandoned church and I woke up freezing and, mm -hmm. and it was just, it was freezing and there in California, which you don't expect. You know? <laughs> um, so it smacked me in the face right away. And just like how hard it was going to be. It was not about the miles. Um, and then it was just like, what else did I learn? I mean, just how much of a suffer fest it was and how, how just you know terrifying it can be versus like thinking about okay yeah it's probably going to be bad when like the sky opens up and you know you're caught in the middle of a hailstorm that's probably not going to be fun but when it actually happens you know, it's, <laughs> it's like really not fun it's really not fun it's really <laughs> scary or like you're going through Oklahoma and it's like tornado season and there's a potential tornado and where do you go like or then you know just like the reality of the cars whizzing by you and coming so close to you like all those things just like, you know, you're, you're quickly, it's like the reason why I guess people quit the ball state in the first two days. Right. Like, yeah. They just don't realize what they signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. How hard was the navigation in terms of finding a road that you could actually like be on remotely safely? Well, safely is. Yes. You know, I mean, loosely safely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what you mean. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you have to sort of think about, are you legally allowed to be on certain mm -hmm. roads? You know, mm -hmm. that's one thing. Um, Cause like in California, there mm -hmm. were certain roads that were not okay, but then when they went into Arizona, they were okay. So I initially followed like John Price's route for like, um, I think basically at least up to New Mexico. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so I kind of like knew it was a tried and true route because um, he had done it at least he had done it twice. Um, so it, that was difficult though. And I mean, in terms of safe, like I tried to, you know, plan it and use um, Google street view a bunch, mm -hmm. but you know, people who've done this, we know that depending on wide shoulders, you know, it's just not realistic. So you can't, you know, there are certain States that just don't have wide shoulders almost anywhere. And, you know, so there's really no safe route, you know, you just have to kind of hope for the best and be more vigilant when you do those, you know, kind of um, roads, basically. But I mostly planned out like loosely what route I was going to take um, yeah, in the two months leading up to it. And then, of course, I allowed for improvisation, but it, it, it for the most part, I stuck to the plan. Um, yeah, yeah, but, you know. Two states, I mean, Oklahoma had like no shoulders. I would say that was 300 miles of no shoulder oh, running or walking. And then Virginia too, the same. Yeah. yeah. Really so what, scary. What is the budget 
for doing a transcon? Like how much do you even budget for hotels and food and gear? Well, I mean, it's like Laz told me, I mean, obviously the budget, like the number one thing is hotels. Do you yeah. stay in hotels or yeah. not? And how often do you do it? Cause that's the biggest sunken cost. Otherwise gear, I mean, it's probably a few thousand cause you, you need it. I mean, if you're doing it self-supported, you, you, I don't see how you do it without a stroller, you know, mm -hmm. a baby stroller, a jogging yeah. stroller. And so um, I did it with the stroller and I, I bought a really good one. What'd you get? What stroller did oh, you get? Oh, the Bob. <laughs> the Bob Revolution? Uh, 3.0, I think it was Yeah, called. that's what but, I have yeah. now for my baby. It's oh. good. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. Well, this one was like $500 or something. And then I souped up the tires because uh, I was really nervous about getting flat tires. And I tried all with all my might to get solid tires put on them, but I could yeah. not get it done. And so I had to go with just like, you know, everything. I mean, I'm not a big biker, but like goo or whatever it's called uh, yeah you know inside the thing that yeah. fills flats and then souped up tires and uh tire liners and you know thick tubes and whatnot to prevent flat tires and um but hotels would be the most i mean it's hard to say i mean i think that with a big adventure like this once in a lifetime kind of thing my thinking was why count you know the, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. i'm not breaking the bank here at least for me to do it i don't i could literally do it and take a hotel each night if that was feasible and they existed you know every yeah. 30 miles or so but um but uh it's hard to say i mean it's so you know personal to who you are i mean you could literally do it um you know and take no hotels right yeah the total camper i know ricky gates like slept with um just he did it with a backpack and mm -hmm. uh, mostly he did the desert with a stroller but he would just sleep under trees and a tarp you know yeah so yeah, like no thanks that's not totally my style it's not but like I mean I had a small bivy and that was you know kind of scary too but <laughs> um so I can't really say the budget I mean it's just um really totally dependent on who you are and how many hotels yeah. you take over the first like few days did you find that you had overpacked or underpacked I think it's perfect packing. <laughs> no, I think it just didn't matter because you have the stroller. It just doesn't yeah. matter. You know, you have so much room on there and it's kind of hard to overpack and, you know, whatever you brought, it probably doesn't weigh that much. Honestly, the what weighs the most is your food and water. Yeah. I, probably your water. That's what I mean. You know, it's mostly your water. It's sure it's some of your gear and the stroller itself, but um I don't think overpacking was a big issue. I mean, if you underpacked, you could just buy something along the way, yeah. I would say, you know, at a Walmart or whatever. But um, but because I had my wife meeting me and I was going through cities, I didn't need to bring like eight pairs of shoes, for example. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I knew I could buy them in cities. Yeah. Yeah. What type did you develop any sort of like weird injuries or anything strange body wise along the way? Or did your body adapt like pretty well? Um, I would say it adapted pretty well. I mean, it's the kind of thing you can't really train for, no. but it's like, I hate to keep quoting good old Laz, but it's like <laughs> that, that saying about you use, you train, you know, use day one to train for day two and then day yeah. two is training for day three. And so certainly, yeah, when I was in like Oklahoma, I had a major muscle pull. Um, I don't know about you, but I tend to get like a muscle pull when I did ball state and similar things in like my the lower like right part of the front part of my calf because of the way the as last oh the yeah the amber so, of the yeah. road you mm -hmm. know so you're constantly balancing more with your right foot than your left I think because yeah. because you're always walking on the left side of the road yeah 
because you must always go towards traffic. And um, so that injury developed and it lasted for about a month because it was hard for it to heal. But it magically healed, even though I all I could do was massage <laughs> it because I couldn't rest it, which was one of the options, you know, not yeah. options, basically. So, um, but uh, other than that, I mean, I, yeah, I had some weird stuff. Like I got some weird spider bites that just like ballooned and I, oh. I have no idea where they came from, but where were you I at when to, you got the spider bite? Um, yeah, I was in Oklahoma City and okay. I was getting towards Oklahoma City and they just like looked like these huge blood blisters or something. Oh, so gosh. I went to urgent care there and they looked at it and said it was they couldn't really answer what it was. <laughs> I was like, that's not comforting. But but they were like these spider bites, I think. And my wife was worried that they were more of like a fungus or something yeah. that she would get so we met in Oklahoma <laughs> City and then we slept in separate beds like because she was worried she was gonna get this fungus and, I'm not getting your road fungus <laughs> yeah basically and um so I think um you know other than that the usual blisters of course but I mean come on you just gotta stop and yeah. pop and move on that's what I would do you know yeah what are a couple of like your highlights from the experience um yeah, it's funny because there are so many lowlights, you know, but, <laughs> I mean, because like, you know, the like the high, the lows are so low in so such low. a thing, but the highs are, yeah, they're just so few and far between, but they're, they're mostly related to the people that mm -hmm. I would meet, you know, I mean, it's like road angel type stuff or someone pulling out I mean okay there one that really comes to mind was in Oklahoma I had stopped at a gas station just when I got into Oklahoma because um well there was a huge lightning storm about about 20 miles ahead or basically in the area and there was no hotel no nothing it looked like literally nothing like to cower into or anything for like 30 miles and so I had done about 10 which is not what I wanted to do and I stopped mm -hmm. at a gas station and um sat there for a couple hours just kind of watching the weather and debating what I should do and um somehow a woman like heard about what I was doing but then um it's a long story but basically <laughs> I trudged on right yeah. and I I went about another like 20 miles and all of a sudden I got into like a huge lightning storm and it was really scary it was just lightning from all around oh, and I gosh. thought the sky was just going to open up and you know there was nowhere for me to hide really and this woman somehow I got her phone number and she had mine and I texted her and asked her if she was willing to um, come pick me up <laughs> and rescue me. And she actually was, which oh, was gosh. really amazing. And she, so she drove her truck out there, picked me up, put the stroller in the back, drove me to her home, let me sleep in her home. And then the next morning she drove me right back to the same spot, you know, so yeah. it wasn't like a, like I cheated or anything. I mean, yeah. I started where I left off and that's kind of like a standard transcon practice. Yeah. So uh -huh. that's like things like that, you know, or other people would stop and I was raising money for cancer research mm -hmm. and people would just give me like a hundred dollar bill. That happened several times in Tennessee. Oh, actually. Wow. Volunteer state. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, several times people just handed me a hundred dollars. Um, so, you know, interactions like that were the highlights. Oh, and Ricky Gates came to visit me. That was, Oh, that's really cool. One. Yeah, he lives in New Mexico, and when I got out there, he came out and just, like, ran, you know, we connected, and he's like, I'm going to come see you, and I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing, so he met me, he brought me food, when people would just bring me food randomly, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. What motivated you to keep going every single day? I mean, you could have quit whenever you want, you know? 
Oh God, no. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I was talking with Jan Walker, you know, about it. And because there were times when it was, it was so demoralizing with people. Cause I mean, the biggest thing was people just trying to run you over. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you had this experience at Ball State, but there were some people who would literally swerve at yeah. you because they think it's funny. I know, and it's not funny. You know, or they think they think they'll every like one out of every, I don't know, two hundred cars would be Mister Teach You a Lesson guy. Yeah. So he'll drive really close to you at fifty miles an hour to try to teach you that you don't belong on the road. It's like my God. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's stressful. It's incredibly stressful. I mean, and you just feel like everyone's out to get you. And, you know, and that's that's the majority of people wouldn't even move over. I had some really bad experiences with that. I mean, I had to jump out of the way of a moving car probably eight times. Oh my I'm gosh. not kidding. Like literally jump yeah, out of the way, you know? Yeah. Um, gosh, now where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> what motivated you to keep going every single oh. day? Okay. Yeah. So I would talk about like the negative experiences with Jan, for example. And she was just like, just keep going, just keep going. Like you're, you know, it's is your one shot to do it. Like you're just going to regret it for the rest of your life if you don't do it. And I just kind of believed that. And then I was raising money for cancer research. And, you know, I knew like so many people at my, well, it's the high school where I teach were pulling for me. So it's just all those things. I just kept trying to think about raising more money, you know, and, and thinking about just, uh, that, you know, I, like we always say, one foot in front of the other and eventually I'll get there. And I just kind of would gain like new momentum, new spirit when I would hit a new state. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if I was doing 35 miles a day, like, you know, I, I could knock out a state in a week, a lot of them. Except Tennessee, because it's like the <laughs> longest state. <laughs> right. That, that, that did take a while. Yeah. Yeah. I did the, I did, I joked that I did that. Um, What was that race called that Laz had the bloody 11? Oh, you no, did the, the what was it? Thing. The last, they, what was the last, no, it was like what was the, it called? The great virtual race across Tennessee, GV, GV Rat. Rat. Yeah, and yeah. I did it without the virtual. Because <laughs> I, I did literally it. like the opposite, the other X diagonal of Tennessee, like the opposite of the Vol State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah. just did it. You just were like, hey, I'll show everybody up and I'll actually do the virtual race. Well, I mean, race. I just <laughs> had to because, I mean, actually, I'll tell you this, um, Allie, because I think you'll really appreciate this, like, I, I did it through, so I went Phoenix, um, just south of Albuquerque, then I went to Amarillo, Texas, and then mm -hmm. Oklahoma City, and then uh, through Arkansas, and I went to Memphis, mm -hmm. and Memphis is about the 2,000 mile mark, and so I like to say that Memphis is the bench of despair of the trans <laughs> and I it, see that. it totally felt that way, because like you have done 2,000 miles, you know, you yeah. just crossed the Mississippi, you are so close, and yet you have so, so far. much farther to go so far i can remember this yeah. moment in ball state i hit the 100 mile mark and i called my sister and i was like adrian i hit the 100 mile yeah. mark and i just started sobbing and she's like why are you crying i was like i still have so far to go yeah and the bench of despair is like 200 something or whatever yeah 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 it's still so far yeah I can, and like you just did like once again, the symbolism of crossing the Mississippi, like you've done something big and you're still like, I still have a shit ton of way to go. The whole state of Tennessee, number one. And then yeah. going to, yeah, but you went up through Virginia, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's when it started to get really dangerous. But I mean, I knew that like I own, because Virginia is similar to Oklahoma with like very little shoulder space, mm -hmm. but the traffic is like times 10, you know? Yeah. 
in Oklahoma, at least it was like, there would be, I'd go a mile without seeing like more than one or two cars, you know, sometimes, <laughs> but in Virginia, wow. I mean, there were points where I would act, I would like walk on the side of the road with only like, you know, a three foot shoulder. And I would act like I was a crazy person, like to try to get people to move out of the way. Like oh, they, wow. people called the cops on me, you know, oh, like wow. that happened. Of course, you know, the cops stopped me yeah. so many times, but yeah, but the Virginia, uh, like the way it ended was just like really demoralizing because it was just like, I mean, I couldn't believe every day in Virginia, I had to be so vigilant with the safety, you know, cause yeah. I had come that far. There was no quitting then, mm-hmm. but it was just so dangerous, um, to, you know, do the walking on such tiny shoulders in Virginia. Yeah. I think what's so like, especially you got to that point and I'm imagining, you know, I'm putting my ball state kind of perspective on you that like your brain is just done for at a certain point. Like you're focusing so much on just lifting your feet that people don't realize like, yeah, it's mentally tough, but like, no, you like, you literally can't do like basic math at some point because you've just spent all of your mental energy. So I can't imagine you've come that far. You've expended so much mental energy and then you still have to be factoring in like just the mental fortitude that would take outside of like where your body is and wherever but like having to be vigilant when your mind is almost in a fog state of some sort like that's crazy impressive yeah it's yeah thanks I mean it's (laughs) like I I abandoned the stroller in Nashville because it was getting too dangerous because like the stroller would you know would I basically was married to the road if I had the stroller but if I didn't I could maybe walk in a grassy patch or something you know so I abandoned it. I gave it away. And um, I just went backpack like Vol State style yeah. for the last, you know, I don't know, three or four weeks. And um, yes. Oh, I would say was so there was one day in Virginia that it was like 95 degrees and I had to go about 45 miles to get to a, a hotel because at this point I was like, oh, I'm just hopping hotel to hotel. Yeah. I mean, I'm like four days away. <laughs> I've heard these comforts. Yeah. And so, so I did some miscalculation of like, gas stations and missed one you know and I was like so low on water that like I had to go I had to go like as as we like to say bonus miles like you know Mm -hmm. off the route so like a 45 mile day became a 46 mile day it was like you gotta be kidding me like I don't I don't want to cross the street to you know go get food like yeah you know but I had miscalculated I was almost out of water and I saw there was a gas station but it was like a mile off my route so Mm -hmm. I had to go do it so for example because mentally I was just like pride yeah, 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 you're like, I have to do this. So how long did it take you? How long did your transcon take? Yeah, 89 days. <laughs> <laughs> 89 days. And how much money did you raise for cancer research? Oh, yeah, it was great. I raised about 45000 That's amazing. And why did you choose that charity to work with? Um, A, a few reasons. I mean, it, it's such a sad thing that affects so many people. And I had a colleague that I worked with at my school that, yeah, she was really awesome, and um, she passed away from pancreatic cancer in, like, her oh, early wow. 40s, which was really sad. And then I'm a big fan of the band Rush. Uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I am familiar with the band. Uh, okay, and um, so then their drummer passed away from um, brain cancer mm-hmm. in 2020. So those two things kind of put together, and I just always felt like, I guess when my friend, former colleague, had passed away, I went to her memorial service, and I that was when I kind of thought to myself, like, I'd like to do something someday to be a part of the solution and just something big, you know, that's like, you know, for myself, but not for myself, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, cause yeah. obviously doing the transcon was something I, I wanted to do for a while, but 
to do it to raise money. And then so so that plus then the the drummer for Rush passing away kind of unexpectedly um, just maybe cemented it that I wanted to do it for cancer research. Yeah, that's amazing. That's crazy that you raised that amount. That's so impressive. Oh, yeah, thanks. I mean, I was it was just like uh, really bolstered at the end. I mean, I was really surprised people at the when I finished, people were really motivated to donate Um Cause I would try to just like say, let's get to X amount by, you know, by the time I get to Oklahoma or whatever you yeah. know, and try to fundraise like that. But um, my goal was 30,000. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I figured $10 a mile. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did the math. <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured. I figured that's worth it. I'll walk a mile for $10 for cancer research. And so, yeah. So we smashed through that by the time I even uh finished you know just before I got to Virginia and then it was like okay sky's the limit yeah yeah that's so great and so how did it feel when you got to like that you you finished where exactly did you finish yeah so Virginia Beach um that was probably one of if not the only enjoyable days (laughs) you know of the whole thing I mean no, there were certainly some enjoyable days and moments, but that was the most enjoyable day because I I knew I just had about 30 miles left. Um, my brother lives in Virginia Beach near there. So I was um just I just crashed with him the night before and he dropped me off at, you know, where I had left off the previous day and and it was Virginia Beach, so it's mostly walkable, mostly sidewalks. You mm-hmm. know, mostly I didn't have to worry about the safety. So I could like listen to some of my favorite music mm-hmm. and just like bask in the glory of knowing that you know it's over and reflect on it like the whole I probably just reflected on the whole three months like for that whole day and then I mean I got to the ocean and to see it you know I just jumped in and I screamed I don't have to do this anymore (laughs) you know and I know everyone would say you never had to do it but you know but um and then I just came out and started crying like just mm-hmm. so glad that it was over and like a, a lot of my family was there my wife was there and um later that night we revealed to my whole family that she was pregnant yeah i was been doing the math in my head this whole time I'm like oh okay. yeah we okay. found out in phoenix that <laughs> okay. she was um that she was pregnant so then yeah. we didn't tell any too many people and didn't tell my family we figured we wouldn't tell them until we got to the finish line yeah, yeah. wow what a way to celebrate finishing one journey going into like the greatest life journey of all time yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what advice would you have for someone that's considering a transcon? Because now you've done it. You're like the expert. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not the expert, but I'm certainly someone to talk to. Um, I mean, the first thing I would say is what have you done? Because like if you haven't done something like Ball State, then uh, you, I don't think you're, you know, you're not prepared. Like, <laughs> I mean, that was my, my first advice would be go do a mini, uh, go do a mini transcon. Like, yeah. you know. If you're not going to do Vol State, then uh, yeah, pick up one city and, and take public transportation there and return on foot to your where you live. Like, mm-hmm. because otherwise, I would say don't do it. Like, yeah, you know, because it's really dangerous. And um, I just think that people don't know what they're getting themselves into. I mean, unless if you're going supported, it's a totally different story. Were you screwed on your Vol State? No, I was screwed. I'm not. I'm not oh. a dumb dumb. <laughs> Oh, I, I apologize then for what I said. About oh, it I'm not offended. Way, but... I'm not offended at all. Yeah, but I mean, you know, obviously the, the there are some of the dangers are still there, the cars and everything. Yeah. But you know, the the feeling of like, where do I sleep tonight? You know that yeah. you don't you don't have to worry about that, or where's my next meal coming? Yeah, from, yeah. That kind of stuff, like 
So, I mean, if you're doing it unsupported, you know, self-supported rather, you know, for the transcon, mm. yeah, that'd be my advice first. Number one would just be, I would asking, I'd be asking, what have you done? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you have to do like a journey run and then I would take it from there. Like, oh, you've already done one. Okay, then we can serve. Then we can actually, then I'll give you real advice, but you have to actually like prove some credibility that you're willing, like you're up for the challenge. I hope I don't come across as arrogant by saying- I don't think so at all. I don't think, I, don't I think someone would be setting themselves up for failure by not doing a smaller journey run. Yeah, and potentially death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, like it's really that scary. And you know, you think about going through the desert where you lose cell service, like, mm-hmm. yeah. what do you do? Like you, you literally, you literally need a plan, you know? And if you have no one to help you and you have no cell service and you're 80 miles from the next gas station. Yeah, and you have no frame of on... reference to like prepare for something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's such a different ball game than like, uh, even if you've done the AT or the PCT mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Did you just by, cause I mean, I remember when I lived in East Tennessee, I live, went to high school out in Rogersville, Tennessee, which is pretty remote. And I would see people on 11E all the time, like doing a transcon or doing like a distance, like bicycle. Did you pass anybody else like out there, like on a journey? Oh, I wish for the, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that does happen. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, that's funny because, mm-hmm. uh, I certainly saw some bikers, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the joke that, that the transcon people say is that, you know, we have a name for people who bike across America. Do you know what it is? Oh no. What is it? Wimps. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, but uh, <laughs> it's it's also an impressive feat, possibly more dangerous, honestly, because you're going with traffic. But um, yeah. the only time it happened was I I got like I met like a guy in New Mexico, and and I said he's like, what are you doing? And I said I'm I'm walking across America to raise money for cancer research, and he said, so am I. And I'm like, <laughs> like wait a minute, all of that, like all of that <laughs> is happening? Yeah, yeah, like really? And then uh, it quickly turned out that he was just like a hitchhiker like down on (laughs) just wanted to latch on to me and um oh he tried to follow me uh oh no yeah he 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 threatened me even um yeah oh my gosh it was i would uh, yeah and it's funny because i don't think that was the scariest thing that happened because when a car's whizzing at you at 60 miles an hour that's way scarier yeah 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 Yeah. but um he did like try to follow me and i just kind of ran ahead and um but it was like the only road to get to the next town for like 30 more miles. And my plan was to camp and there wasn't a lot of tree cover or like bush cover. So um, I was quite worried, but uh, ultimately I never You dropped him. him. You dropped him. Well, I dropped him, but like he was hitchhiking. So I thought he was maybe going oh, to hitchhike like, and then uh... be like, there's my buddy, you know, like, <laughs> and I would be like, I'm not your friend. But so um, it's sounding to me like you were just kind of in a state of terror for about 90%. Of the run. Oh, well, you nailed it because that's what I actually <laughs> say. I, I tell people it's like 90% torture and 10% fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I was. And I think that's just because, I mean, it was my first one and there was just so much to worry about. And yeah, ultimately, that's one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't enjoy it more. Yeah. So what's next for you? What are you up to now? What's the next big goal? Well, I'm running a lot less, you know, of course, <laughs> because I have a 14 month old, um, which is great, you know, but um, I think 
I'm trying to get back into ultra running, but not, I just try to do it on minimal training with like, you know, not, I don't you know. have enough experience now that it's like you could grit out the shittiest 100 miler at this point. Oh, I don't know. I mean, 100 <laughs> miler, like, I feel like, I feel like my legs are, are in marathon shape and then my heart and mind are in 50 mile shape, but 100 okay. mile is a totally different <laughs> ball game. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do like a 50 miler in Virginia. In Which April. one are you doing? Uh, bull run run. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's, it goes through like old battlefields and I've done it once before, um, but that's the only thing. Like I really wanted to do this 100K in Pennsylvania, but it's one of the hardest ones because it's one of these um, Western States qualifiers. Oh, got you. You know, the 100K qualifiers are like few and far between, and mm-hmm. but it, it's like really difficult. Like it has a really seriously difficult rep- reputation and I didn't want to drive all the way up there only to DNF just based on lack of training. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Were you trying to use it as a Western States qualifier or it's just like, it's just that difficult and seems rad to do? No, I was trying to use it as Western States qualifier. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel like a lot of us have some similar goals and that's certainly one of them. But uh, for now, that's just, you know, on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Wait, so, so let me ask you, do you yeah. have any aspiration to do the transcon? I have, it's like in the back of my head to do something like that. But to be honest, I mean, as a female, there's a huge safety barrier that I would have to overcome that you would not have to overcome. I mean, you definitely were in unsafe situations, but it like takes it up a notch, right? It's just like a whole other fear to worry yeah. about. So if I did do it, honestly, I would probably do it supported just because of that safety issue, which is my wife would love running around an RV after me, I'm sure. Don't tell her. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I know. For me, like, I'm not really motivated by, like, small races after doing Ball State, you know? It's just, like, well, I could do that, though. You know, I could go run 314 miles. Like, what is – and 50K distances are great. I'm not discrediting anybody's distances, but it is a thing. Like, the adventure run and the journey run speaks to me more than any other part of the ultra running community. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I I think, um, you know, it's also true that I'm a white male and that – I'm not just male, but I'm white. And that, that I, <laughs> yeah. I definitely felt that too. Unfortunately, that is a a thing. And um, I did know one girl who did it. Um, yeah, solo, yeah. self supporter or whatever. And it was really impressive. But some of the stories that she told, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's scary. What was the sense of satisfaction of doing it? Because I know some people like get like post marathon blues or post ultra like depression because they're you know, what's next? Like, did you have that same experience or were you just like, peace out road, I'm out of here? Um, I guess it was a mix. Yeah. I think like physically you feel like that, that loss, you know, Mm -hmm. right. That, wow, I was doing 35 miles a day and now I'm, I'm really sedentary, you know, just like not moving much. Um, but then, but mentally it was just such a relief, you know, that it was over that I, I, I mean, that I had survived, honestly, there were, I'm not (laughs) BSing. There were nights where I, where I went to bed just in a hotel thinking like, I'm so glad I survived today. Like, yeah. You yeah. know, based on the, the traffic and whatnot. Um, so I think, yeah. And then, then it's just like, you look back on it and it's just such an accomplishment that, you know, you'll have for the rest of your life. Yeah. What are the numbers? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I could Google about like how many people complete a transcon in a year. I mean, it's not something that everybody's tracking, but I'm sure there's yeah. like rough numbers out there. 
It's hard to say. I mean, we've actually, people who've done it, like there's a Facebook group, USA Crossers, and we've tried to debate like how many people have ever done it. Cause that's what people ask me. Like how, yeah. you know, how many people have, I think it's probably like around a thousand to yeah. 2000 have ever done it. And it's certainly more and more popular. I'd say probably 40 people are doing it a year, maybe now, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I mean, there's a guy doing it right now in a bear <laughs> costume. Do you know about this guy? What? No. Now I'm going to go look this up, though. Oh, look him in up on In a bear Instagram. costume? Yeah. He's I am bear son. <laughs> S-U-N. Um, yeah. On okay. Instagram. He's, he's crushing it. Um, And it's like, I think it's the second time, both in the bear costume. So why? Why the? Do you know why the bear costume? Or I'm going to figure this out myself. I don't. He's doing it for <laughs> charity, but I mean, it's pretty impressive. Um, I don't even know how he sees out of the thing. Yeah. Oh my god. But um, so it is certainly popular. Uh, but yeah, I, my guess would be somewhere between a thousand to two thousand people have ever done. Yeah. It. It's funny because, like, you know, my perspective is I knew you were doing your transcon, and I knew when Laz was doing his transcon, and I can remember like going and checking and like seeing how it's going and then like so much time would go by and it would just pop in my head like oh man they're still out there like I have done so much in this past month and they're still out there like just doing their suffering just putting one foot in front of the other and like how detached it makes you from the whole world like you're just in your own little bubble and like that's fun but it's interesting like I'm sure people that knew you even better were like thinking about that a lot like your wife for instance was I'm certain just like oh he's still out there yeah, I mean, I, all I can say about that is you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like now I'm just thinking about Bear Guy. What's Bear Guy doing right now? You know, just settling in for his slumber, you know, in this hibernation, I guess. Yeah, and then there's, <laughs> there's got to be several people doing that right now. Yeah, it, I know. It's quite crazy. But I guess um, for me, if I ever see someone out there doing one now, like I'm going to go drive to a gas station and hook them up, you know, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That should be the next thing. Like, I'm just going to go do a road trip around a transcon route and just be like, all right, here you go. Here you go. What can I deal out to you here today? You know, oh, you'll be lucky to see one, <laughs> you know, I mean, transcon route. There's so many different routes anyone could take. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a fun venture. That's gonna be a fun <laughs> adventure. Okay. Are you going to go back to Ball State ever? Do you think like maybe you'll do it again? Uh, yeah, I would like to. It's fun. It's it's that that kind of experience where, you know, I think they asked me that when I finished. And of course you say no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're suffering after you did that big climb. You're dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the heat of the day or whatever. So, yeah, but I would definitely do it. I, I'm intrigued by the hots race where you kind of don't know, mm, you know, yeah. where the rest stops are and whatnot. But um, I think, you know, I, I just effectively did like nine and a half ball yeah. sticks you know yeah, you're like, set you know, for right. a little bit and that do you, do you get like a transcon jacket like what's your finisher's medal how did you treat yourself after you finished oh gosh well i mean i had lost about 15 pounds so yeah. i quickly gained that back <laughs> that was a reward you're welcome yeah yeah but uh no i just have like a sticker on you know like the 314 <laughs> sticker i have like a 2922 <laughs> sticker on my car that no one understands what it means if you yeah. can read the fine print, it says like Santa Monica, <laughs> California to Virginia Beach, Virginia. But um, yeah. no, there's, you know, no need really. Uh, yeah. The reward was the journey itself. The terrifying, terrifying journey. Yeah, just that I, I got it done. I mean, if, if I can accomplish that, I mean, you know, what challenge can't I, you know? Yeah. To? Yeah. I heard this ultra runner was like, she was, she was on a podcast, right? 
it's I said right now that's not true she was on a podcast one day and they are asking her like you know why do you even do ultras like why do you even run it and like she said something that sits with me all the time because it was like I well I know like when I finish an ultra it gives me the ability to actually know what I can achieve in life and like that I can get through hard things in life because of what I've been through and I'm sure for you I mean you just really expanded on that, you know, like you could really achieve something difficult in life or go through a really hard time and make it out on the other side, just having that, you know, well of experience to draw from. So impressive. Oh, well, thanks. But you know, that's in general, the, the, the ultra mantra, I guess, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah, one of the it, reasons. You took it up a notch a little bit, Jared. <laughs> you took it up a little bit. I, yeah. I like to do things to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Does your wife say that you like to suffer? Cause mine says that about me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she she must feel that way. You know, she doesn't <laughs> usually say it to me. Maybe sometimes, but yeah, um, when I'm not around, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah you just really but enjoy it. It is. Um, I don't know what what it is about that. It's just some. It's like a. It's just a like something that's really hard to explain to someone who doesn't want to do it. You know. Yeah, it is funny. You said something right at the beginning that like most of the world has no idea. Like a marathon is the furthest distance you run, right? To most people who even think about running, and then the tiny well of people that are like, "Oh, you run further than that?" Like I didn't know that was humanly possible because you know whatever the guy who even ran the marathon he collapsed and died, right? So you you can't even run further than that. So when you like, it's like when a runner finds out like about ultra running it's like opening up some weird like little magical door to this whole other existence that's been like closed off to you that's how I see it anyway yeah and then I think you either go through that door or you you know you don't right you're just like <laughs> I'm not you know gonna go there but for me it was just like constantly like yeah wow I wonder if I can do that other people yeah. could do that I wonder if I could do that yeah that's what I always tell people like that are just so amazed by ultra running and like so baffled by it I'm like you either want to do it or you don't like, I'm never going to talk somebody into being an ultra runner, right? Talk somebody into be a runner, I will do all day. But being an ultra runner, I'm not going to try talking anybody into it because it's like you either have the desire or you don't. There's no, like, talking somebody into it. Yeah, and plus, I mean, I always say the cutoff times are really generous. So, I mean, if you want to do it, you can almost do it by just through fast hiking, you know, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, 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 a lot of them for sure. Jared, thank you so much for coming on and being on a stranger's podcast who just reached out to you on the internet. I always appreciate that. Oh yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> and I'm excited to see what other adventure you come up with for yourself in the long run. I'm going to be checking into it. Well, it, I, I don't think I'll be trying to top the transcon. <laughs> I know there are other things, sure. But uh, I'm not, I just can't fathom what it would be for me at least. And, uh, you know, I'm taking on a whole new adventure, which it seems like you're taking on as well. Yeah, I'm right behind you. Know, you. Parenting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just a couple months behind you, so... It's it's unpredictable. There's lots of problem solving. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's joy. Well, there's yeah. stress. There's worry. Um, it's got a lot of the same components. Yeah. You now know. you're afraid of like anything bad that could happen to them, which is a whole new stress. Like everything is a death trap waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, maybe uh, in my not too distant future is to get another Bob stroller. <laughs> yes. Oh my. You know, I have one right now. Do you use it with an eleven? Yes. Oh, oh yeah okay. you can start when they're six months old in the oh. stroller and they are I mean I went on a run with them earlier today and I've been training with them since they were six months yeah but what pace roughly oh probably like an 11 minute pace with that stroller for sure oh, and I have a very large child like they're already in two-year-old clothing so they're a big baby wow oh yeah yeah I just have Lord. a massive child 
my little one is really tall, but I don't know. I don't, she's not wearing two-year-old clothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, get you a bob. They're amazing. I love it. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. 11 minute miles is actually kind of my speed too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's fun with the stroller. It's nice. They seem to enjoy it. So, I mean, they fall asleep in it a lot, but they also will be like cooing and like talking to themselves and like babbling. And in Chicago, I have um like the weather shield that goes around it. Mm. So, I mean, it was 30 degrees today and like snowing and they can still go out and be in it. It's amazing. Wow. I don't, well, like, longest mileage you've done we did i think eight miles is the longest we've done with it so far and it was my wife and i like switching out every mile which we'll do a lot like we'll go on a run together and switch off every mile so like i'm pushing the stroller for one mile and she's pushing the stroller for the other mile but eight miles is the furthest distance oh well you know with the bob it's like okay flat ground it's like pushing a shopping cart it's not yeah it's so flat here too yeah. oh, <laughs> i'm okay. in the flatlands so yeah. yeah uphill it's like a lawnmower that's what i oh thought. yeah yeah. And then downhill, it's like a runaway train, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. like barely any hills here. So I don't really have to worry about that. And it's but like lovely sidewalks. On Flatland, it felt effortless. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time for us to be together. We have fun. And my dog runs with us too. So I'll have like the baby and the dog. I'm like, yeah, my whole vibe up here in Chicago. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. Maybe I'll do every single street with my little one. <laughs> oh that'd be so fun okay i look forward to seeing that jared thank you so much and i hope you have a lovely day and some really nice smiles all right thanks same to you